After having fallen to 7.30 to the U.S. dollar just recently, China's yuan today found a huge bid. Now, the scuttlebutt is that China's big commercial banks were active in the marketplace, probably, though we'll not, we don't know for sure, on behalf of the central bank, the People's Bank of China. They were selling U.S. dollars and buying Chinese yuan in offshore markets, which is another way of saying de-hoarding reserves, which is something that central banks around the world have been doing to little effect, but in large amounts all over the world. So China's yuan, as well as China not wanting to intervene directly, another reflection on the situation in China, which is combination of really bad politics along with what's shaping up to be a pretty nasty recession. And in that respect, we have to talk about the supply shock. We have to talk about the downside case to what has always been a supply shock. Not inflation, supply shock. And maybe the most representative, as I said a couple weeks ago in a video, the most representative case of that supply shock was semiconductors, chips, computers, and the like. Remember back to 2020 when lockdowns, restrictions, work from home became a major thing across the entire global economy? Well, what happened? Everybody had to go out and buy new stuff because they were not equipped for working from home or, do, or school from home, all that kind of stuff. And as these restrictions look to be more than just the first two weeks to flatten the curve, the trend in buying became enormous, especially since the government started to hand out free cash to people for no reason than they happen to live in this live in America. Not just in the US too, there was interventions all around the world. So this massive wave of buying because we weren't equipped for the new post-pandemic uh, world environment and climate that we're living in. But the supply side couldn't keep track. When I, I mean, when I first started this podcast with Emil way back when, he said, man, you gotta get a new, new, new uh, podcast camera because the one you have is just for crap. And he was right. But at the time, this was, you know, middle of 2020, you couldn't find a camera anywhere. And the same was true for PCs, especially laptops. You couldn't find them anywhere. And that continued on into the end of 2020 into 2021, when the next wave of Uncle Sam payments came, when goosed demand even further and further waves of pandemic restrictions, renewed uh, lockdowns, all sorts of stuff. So you had another round of not inflation, but supply shock imbalances. Inevitably, supply shocks end. They are, dare I say, transitory. And now we're facing the prospects of what transitory actually looks like. And the problem is, What's making the downside of the supply shock worse is that so many people had confused consumer price acceleration for legitimate economic activity. And that has caused an, that caused an even greater economic and financial imbalance, which is the one the Chinese are trying to deal with, as well as the US and global economy. And those two things are now in colliding with essentially a very different reality from inflation. All at the same time, Jay Powell, the Federal Reserve, Christine Lagarde and the ECB 
are hiking rates for a world that probably never existed in the first place. Not probably, it didn't exist. So let's talk about all these things, China, dollars, yuan, especially inventory and what that means for the CPI as well as the economy next. Now, I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Um, you know the spiel by now, if you're a fan of money, uh, monetary theory, as well as finance and how all of these things intersect with the global economy and the global marketplace, check us out at eurodollar.university. We've got memberships available where we go into the academic side to explore the history, the dynamics, uh, what really goes on in the Eurodollar monetary system, what that actually means. We've got research subscriptions, partnership with uh, Steve Van Meter, Tracy Schuchart, uh, her weekly energy, oil and gas energy report at marketsinsiderpro.com. Got to check that out. And then I have deep dives that are also available where we go behind all the podcast information, all the stuff that you hear in these videos, Take, give them a deeper look, a deeper form of analysis. All that stuff is available, eurodollar.university. Check us out there. So we have essentially the yield curve. The yield curve is inverted but the yield curve has been warning about what's going on for more than a year. You think about what happened all last year, 2021, while consumer prices were accelerating, the bond market was going, nah, this isn't inflation. This is inevitable. This is doomed to fail at some point. The yield curve was projecting from the way back in the middle of May of 2021, when the yield curve really first started to flatten. It was saying that the economy, the global economy and the marketplace, the, the financial and monetary marketplace, these were on a collision course with history. And history says supply shocks end usually with something like recession. And the further the supply shocks go and the further the commercial sector allows it to go and allows itself to get involved in the supply shock, the worse that end can end up being. So way back in May of 2021, the yield curve began to flatten, and then it accelerated in its flattening in October. And a couple things happened in October. First, the market started to project rate hikes, essentially that the central banks were gonna start uh, raising their interest rates because they were gonna get behind the curve on consumer prices. Now, it wasn't just about the Fed and the ECB. At the time, you think about October 2021, a couple of central banks had already started hiking rates, New Zealand in particular. So. You have the, the, loom, the onset of rate hikes into 2022. At the same time, consumer prices re-accelerated after the, the aftershock of the Delta COVID wave in the middle of that year. Another restriction in supply, given high levels of demand, it just, it just amplified all of the price pressures that had been evident before, which in very macroeconomic terms meant more pain, more eventual demand destruction, all the things that we associate with the downside of the supply shock case. Now, in terms of, let's just talk about PCs, PC shipments and because of semiconductors and computers and all that stuff, the, the, real, the real stuff that happened in the pandemic of 2020. Um, you can see how PC makers and the whole tech space in general got caught up in what they thought was a permanent plateau of prosperity. Yes, I'm borrowing that term from Erwin Fisher on purpose. Um, Gartner Worldwide, estimates of just, just PC shipments, so desktop and laptop, so just, just a, a, a big part of the marketplace. What they said was that in Q3 2018, shipments had grown by about 0.3%. By Q3 2019, this is year over year, 
they went up about 1%. So not a whole lot of PC shipment growth because the economy was probably in a global recession in 2018 into 2019. So you had modest growth in those years. Then all of a sudden, when we actually had the COVID recession, the big one in 2020, in 2020 PC shipments in the third quarter of 2020 compared to the third quarter of 2019 grew 5%, which was an enormous increase because, as I said, people were starting to work from home, schools remote learning, what they called remote learning, that's uh, debatable if it actually was any learning. But either way, a huge wave of demand for these computers, for computers and similar equipment, because the world had changed. Not because somebody had printed money, but because demands of the economy had shifted. And the ability of the global economy to supply goods for that shift was highly constrained. Simple economics teaches us that when this happens, the only way to balance the equation between supply and demand, restricted inelastic supply, and suddenly huge demand is through prices. The problem is, because it's not money printing, you're essentially redistributing economic activity and resources in a harmful and unproductive, inefficient manner. And eventually that's going to come back to bite you unless the economy actually legitimately recovers and legitimately heals, which everybody thought those stimulus payments were going to achieve. You have to eventually pay the piper and you have to pay the piper sometimes literally <coughs> China. So what happened? 2021 rolled around. The economy started to come back down in late 2020. But then at the end of 2020, another big payment from Uncle Sam, and then early 2021, Biden got in on the act and you had bipartisan ridiculousness. Another payment which then simply made the supply shock all that much worse, which is why in 2021, PC shipments, according to Gartner, went up another 1.3%, which doesn't sound like a much, but on top of the 5% increase the year before, it was a huge blockbuster, gangbuster year, the second one in a row. So companies like Lenovo or whoever else makes ship, uh, HP, Dell, the big producers, as well as smartphone equipments and other industries around the world, because this wasn't just limited to computers and PCs, they began to think, this is a permanent plateau of prosperity. All this stuff that neo-Keynesian economists have been talking about in terms of multipliers greater than one, this was real. They had actually created a boom. And so people, businesses, suppliers, wholesalers, retailers, manufacturers, they decided, especially in the second half of 2021, you know, Supply shocks are still creating havoc with logistical uh, moving goods around. Let's just go nuts. Let's just order everything that we possibly can and just hope something gets through the, the logistical mess that is the supply chain. And if we, if we have to order double, triple, quadruple, whatever it happens to be, no big deal because the economy is awesome. Look at the CPI. The CPI is getting high, which, which has to be an overheated economy. That's what economists and central bankers have been saying all along. People really bought into this idea that CPIs were equivalent to economic growth, and they weren't. They were nothing more than a reflection of the serious situation that had, that had, that had risen in 2020 and 2021 
that had nothing to do with any of the fundamental processes that would create legitimate, sustainable economic growth. In fact, it was the exact opposite, which is why during the most, during the, 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 the thick of this inflation, quote unquote, supply shock, this inflation, the yield curve began to bet against it. As I said before, the economy was set on a collision course with eventual reality when we'd have to pay the piper. So let's go back to Gartner's PC estimates. So Q3 2020 up four and a half or 4.8 percent, enormous growth, huge burst of activity. Then 1.3 percent higher, Q3 2021. Everything is awesome. Now that we have more semiconductor chips and everything going into late 2021 into 2022, companies are thinking this 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 is great. It's going to last forever, but. In the middle of 2022, PC shipments started to drop. And as of Q3 2022, data that was released earlier this month, Gartner says PC shipments worldwide plummeted 19%. 19%, the worst in its data, at least going back 30 years. What is happening here? This is more than just going back to the pre-COVID world. Oh, we don't need to buy computers anymore because we bought a couple over the last years. And now that we're not really working remote anymore, we gotta go back to the office and schools are in session. We, we don't need as many computers as we had the last couple of years. That would suggest that computer demand goes back to where it would been maybe in 2019 or 2018. That's not what a 19% plummet is. The 19% drop in PC shipments, like we're seeing in other parts of the goods economy, is something more substantial than that. That is the collision course of demand destruction. Because we had to pay so much for these non-economic reasons that were amplified by the artificial inf interference of the government through its stimulus payments, we now have so much demand destruction that we're presented with an economic reality that is starkly different from all those CPIs. So now we have way too much inventory and companies trying to assess what they're going to do about it. Well, we already know what's going to, what's going to happen in the PC and computer world, as well as semiconductors. They're cutting prices, slashing prices, liquidations. A big chip maker in South Korea just came out the other day and said, I think it was yesterday, said, not only are we cutting prices, we're cutting capacity. It's the opposite of 2020 and 2021, where there was, where there was, not, there was not nearly enough capacity to make semiconductors. Now there's so much capacity, they're scaling back production facilities, growth, investment, capex, everything. And eventually they're gonna start laying off workers. Now the inventory numbers that we got in the US economy today, the Advanced Wholesale and Retail Trade Report, suggests this is starting to catch up to the entire US economy. Um, excluding motor vehicles where inventories were exceedingly low because of semiconductors. So retail inventories, not including motor vehicles, actually declined month over month on a seasonally adjusted basis in September, which was the first decline going back to 2021 in the supply shock. Retailers are only now just starting to try to normalize their inventory levels to a very different demand picture. It's not about where demand is today, which is already softened, especially on a real basis. It's about where these companies are picturing demand will be tomorrow. You go back a couple months and demand tomorrow looked relatively decent. You go back a couple months before then, demand tomorrow looked awesome. 
So we've gone from awesome to relatively decent to holy crap. And we're just getting to the holy crap part just now as retailers are adjusting. And as retailers are adjusting, guess who gets stuck with the bulk of the inventory that's still coming in? Wholesalers. So wholesale inventories are still rising both on a nominal and a real basis in August and September. It has slowed down uh, considerably, but the inventories are still rising. This inventory cycle is just getting started, which is why we've seen uh, manufacturing sentiment in particular all over the world, not just in the US, not just Europe, start to decline more seriously. Uh, the S&P Global's manufacturing PMI released earlier this week, the flash estimate for October, below 50 for the first time since 2020, which is consistent with the inventory cycle just now starting to swing in the other direction. Now, what does that mean? It means a lot. It means bad news for anybody who's in the goods economy, something that we can see from shipping rates, for example. Uh, shipping rates, like semiconductors, had been the most representative part of the supply shock, that quote-unquote inflation. Fredo's Baltic Index, which is a measure of container prices, um, they had been about $9,800 per container. Huge cost. Back is, as, as late as March of this year, as of the latest figures, $3,400 and down again this week. So massive decline. The China to West Coast U.S. route, the China East Asia to West Coast U.S. US route, which had peaked at $20,000 per container in September 2021, just as the yield curve was saying, these prices have gotten so out of control, this thing is going to go down at some point. As of now, the same route, container fetch only 2,500. That's an 80 plus percent decline in, a, in about a year because demand has fallen off. And not just because the economy is normalizing back to its pre-pandemic state, but because so much demand has been destroyed and now we have so much inventory for a world that, we're, that didn't picture demand destruction, inevitably there's going to be a shock. There's going to be a reckoning between, and not in the goods economy as well as the across the entire economy, which is why we see some of these services numbers that are even worse than the manufacturing sector. Demand was always going to be destroyed, which if you are a producer, a producer country like China, that's particularly bad news. So if you have way too much inventory, facing demand destruction, you're calling up your, your producers in China and saying, I can't take anything else. So for the Chinese, they're facing the prospect of a obvious and now very open and public backslide into Maoism at the same time in economic terms, as well as financial terms. We talked about the lack of dollar flows there. China is just a bad bet, but it's not just China. China is a representation of the inevitable downside of what was always a supply shock, not inflation. And now we're just now, the rest of the world, the US included, we're only now starting to feel the real effects from it. So from March until, until then, until today, it's sort of been this adjustment phase, this uncertainty phase, this transition phase. Well, the transition is about to transition into something far worse which is why we've seen progression in the yield curve, the US dollar, and now the Chinese intervening in the yuan because 
feces and fans are starting to get closer and closer together. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. As always, thank you for watching. As I said before, check us out at eurodollar.university for all the stuff that's available there. As always, a tremendous, un unabashedly unappreciated <laughs> uh, thank you to all of our members and subscribers. Can't thank you enough for all that. So until next time, take care.